Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, Cherie Mack. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories, our conversations, interviews, photography, writing and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories and memories which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is a space for women, feminine and non-binary people who are black, indigenous, people of colour to explore their relationship with nature. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of the Earth, Sea, Love podcast. It's me, Shuvi, and yes, there's been a couple of months gap between the solo exploration series to now releasing a number of conversations that I've been having over the last couple of months so you know haven't been not doing anything things have been happening behind the scenes but you know time man it's flying I don't know if you're feeling it too but it just seems like one minute we're starting a month and then the next minute we're finishing the month it is so weird but what's been happening in the space in between well earth sea love has become a community interest company we said it was on the cards and it has happened of course this is a slow step-by-step process so we're now in the process knee deep trying to set up um the committee the directors the bank account all that little nitty gritty but it's all good it's all good so yeah earth sea love community interest company awesome um and what else has been happening well i just want to say um about intrinsic coming out of creative countryside this is an anthology a new anthology of writing by women exploring our unique connection between um, humans and the more than human world the 
and I don't even want to say the natural world because there is only one world and we're all part of it we're all one but it has been successfully fundraised for Eleanor Cheatham over at Creative Countryside put out a call for application submissions to this anthology of essays around this relationship and um, I applied successfully and and wrote an essay oh my gosh it was probably you know this time last year it was all kicking off all all starting so I put in an essay which is seascape grief grievance and around the sea obviously um and this is happening there was a successful indiegogo fund raising campaign intrinsic will be out in the world next month i think august august 2022 <laughs> and um it gives me great joy to say that because it was you know in the balance and there's 11 other essays in there and I'm so looking forward to getting my hands on it. Creative Countryside, which is the publisher, they only do a short run of publications. And so I'm not sure if you can get your hands on it, but um, if you are interested, go to creativecountryside.com and find out about Intrinsic. Um, so yeah. So moving on, this episode is with the lovely Marcia Lay, who's a Northeast creative. Um, and we've talked at other times for other things. And this is the first time that we've got to talk together for the podcast, Earth Sea Love podcast, around our connection with nature and how this shows up in our practice and how how we're inspired by the outside world and how it does weave into our lives and how we live our lives, practice our lives and how we try to explore that connection and put it into some kind of language so we can share it with others. And it's also, it's, it's a spiritual, a spiritual practice and connection um that feeds our soul definitely um but also brings that sense of freedom um so yeah this is a beautiful really beautiful conversation and i so loved it and and how it was you know it's just there was this energy about it um so yeah without more babbling on from me let's just get into this episode thanks for coming back to the podcast great to have you here and um i hope you enjoy it until next time bye for now so let's just start marcia thank you so much for agreeing to be part of the earth sea love podcast Welcome, welcome. And let's just first introduce yourself. Please tell us your name, where you're calling in from, and if you can see any nature outside where you are or around you, even inside. Hi, everybody. First of all, thank you, Sharif, for asking me um, to take part in the podcast. I'm very excited. My name is uh, Marcia Todman. Actually, no, my name's Marcia Lay. That's that's confusing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I have two names, but Marcia Lay is the one that we're going to go with. (laughs) And uh, I'm an artist. I live in the beautiful northeast of England in a little um, kind of like between two villages, a place called um, Lockarth, which is, as I say, between two villages near Rollins Gill. The nearest place that anybody in the northeast would know would be the metro centre, but it's not that near there. Mm. And outside my window, I can see trees. I can see an oak tree. I can see um, a sycamore tree, Mm. um, some wisteria. So I can see, I'm very fortunate where we are. We've got a little bit of garden that goes back and around. And then behind there, there's a little kind of triangle of woodland, which is what I look at with wildlife and squirrels that that come and um, try and eat all the nuts from the birds and that sort of thing Mm. is that enough (laughs) no that's lovely that's lovely and and let's just go back step up because you say you've got two names I've got two names myself so I know my writing name is Sheree Mack, while my artist name is Sheree Angela Matthews. So I totally get two names. You might want to tell us why you've got two, if you want to. But then also that links into, you said trees, and then you started to name the trees. And my question is, is like, is it, is it important to you to know the names of trees and to know you know, different wildlife and flowers. Is that important to you or not? It's quite important. Yeah, I like to know names. Mm. So, and I think I do collect them, but I wouldn't say I'm an absolute expert. So, yeah, I think if I if I didn't know the name of a tree, I would probably say, oh, I might look that up or I might ask someone, what do you think that is? Mm. And, but just, I think I was fortunate as a kid. Um, I just grew up with a kind of a classroom with, leaves on the wall you know on a poster I seem to think mm. and so I, and that started it yeah it's nice to name things simple for me I am an artist and I'm a, as an artist I've always been Marcia Lay mm. and I was Marcia Lay for a good many years then I got married mm. <laughs> and my name became Todman and then I, st- I stuck with Lay for quite a bit um, but when it came to school and things I just kind of changed so on this machine on this zoom I'm actually mm. down as Todman yeah and that was why I said it otherwise I would have said lay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome it's just I just find it interesting names and naming because it's all wrapped in to my idea of ownership and power in a sense so that's why I wanted to know about is it important to you to know the names because I oscillate between them between both extremes knowing the names oh definitely I need to know the names because as you mentioned that makes me feel like I might be an expert or I might know some stuff but then there's sometimes it's just enough for me to be with a tree um so yeah so that's really thank you thank you for going on that tangent with me (laughs) I'm just interested to find out where other people stand on that spectrum so yeah so it's interesting that you've mentioned also you're an artist yeah so that was the next thing tell us what you do but then also how did you get into it have you always been an artist right so yeah I'm an artist um the areas I work in it's better to be a creative these days, isn't it? So I'm a creative, but I am a specialised. Um, I like to paint. I'm a sticker, so I love to stick things down. Um, collage, collect. I'm a collector of all sorts. I'm the sort of person who, in my coat pocket, I have shells, 
bits of china, leaves, um, interesting bits of paper sometimes. So I'm, I'm a collector and that all goes towards my practice. And I also am a printmaker. So um, I print, I work with silk paint, which uh, I love painting. I like using silk painting. It's kind of the nearest thing to, to meditation in a way when you put paint onto a piece of silk, it's a wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. I'm also a participatory artist. I work with people from all sorts of backgrounds. So I do all of that. I am a retired lecturer from Sundering Juni as well. So that's me kind of like in a bundle. That's not really telling you what I do as an artist, is it? No, <laughs> um, but, <I'm> a... <laughs> but by any means, you know, express how you want to. I mean, I love that you said that's your bundle and also artists and maybe a creative more. And I'm interested in that because I say um, I'm a creatrix she who makes and I do that by any means necessary and it is it's a multi multi-genre multidisciplinary approach because it's a case of like I get this energy surge and I want to create something and I let I let that energy tell me how it wants to manifest itself or how it wants to flow through me now does that make sense to you or not that makes absolute sense actually yeah I think I think I would perhaps call it my intuition, but yeah, I very mm. much let that guide me. I feel my way along. I was trying to think about that. And I, I think I kind of like, I, I have nature um, and, and creation is really what I'm, is, I'm inspired by, one of my big inspirations. But I, within that, when I'm working in my studio or wherever I am, it's like you're kind of like feeling your way along almost to a chord that you're, you're kind of wanting to put your hands on and pull your way along. Do you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, yeah, that's such a good way of saying that. Sometimes maybe, but really when you say pull, it makes you feel like you're having to exert yourself. And sometimes it is hard going, but most of the time it's it's not hard going. It's just allowing, it's it's actually a letting go in a sense and, and letting things happen in a sense and not holding on too tight but I do like that idea of pulling along a cord but you've mentioned it you've mentioned nature so let's go there and think about how does nature inform your work then how does it show up in your practice and I think I decided a long while ago that I really wanted to be able to reflect the outside world I wanted to be able to bring it bring it in but I also felt that it was just um too what's the word it was too awesome too big to to I couldn't do it justice by just sitting down and, and copying it so to speak mm. so I never really worked and I haven't anything against anybody who works in a very very realistic way that's to put that there but I, I just felt that I, what I needed to do was kind of find a language that would echo that and so although my things do look definitely they have a landscape basis i.e they have a horizontal line and they use color and I'll often use some of the bits I found like leaves or objects other sorts of objects that I collect um it it's not it, it's more of a kind of about the way I feel about it um than perhaps always what I see although without trying to contradict myself too much. Having said that, I do go out and I do take a pencil, I do make some drawings, I make lines, and I do sometimes sit and actually draw and paint things. And they're almost like um, a little collection of stuff that's um, a foundation that I can look into. And I might not ever use them directly, but I feel they're very important. Just like 
and being outside is very important. So you're kind of outside and you're soaking up uh, nature, you're soaking up the environment, and then you're just, and, and in order to, to be able to have anything to say once I get into the studio, I really need to have that transaction. I really need to be outside and to experience that. And, and I just love it, absolutely love it. Yeah, I love that. Um, you, the, what was striking for me is that not in the literal realistic sense that you says, but it's an echo and it's trying to find that language. And for me, it sounded like it, it's, it's so difficult to say, but it's yeah, you have you have that external connection or transaction with nature, which has an internal transformation. And it's trying to get that internal feeling and emotion back out into the world to share with others of how you feel with nature. Is that correct? Do you think? Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 That's such a beautiful, you said transaction and I'm saying connection in my head. That's such a, a beautiful connection. I feel that can only happen through the body, but also a soul spiritual level. What do you, what do you think? Because I am right in thinking you are you have got a spirituality, a religion. Yeah, that- yeah, I have a faith. Yeah, yeah. I'm. A, I mean, I, it's kind of old fashioned these days. But when I was about thirty, I became Christian, and I have been one ever since. And for me, it just made sense of the world. It gave me purpose and hope, and all those sorts of things. And so for me, it's almost like a great big thank you for this wonderful environment this wonderful creation within my work that I try to put in and it is also about trying to echo some of that trying to echo some of I don't know I can't if I, I suspect if I could put it into words uh, I wouldn't be a painting it <laughs> so I find that a little bit a little bit different difficult yeah um, but yes definitely something spiritual just you know that feeling of uh, overwhelming whoa this is fantastic this is just so wonderful and I want to say thank you and for me it's thank you to a creator does that yeah. make sense no that's that's beautiful honestly I, I'm coming quick I keep saying beautiful but I know that feeling and I can't put words on it I just know I feel it when I feel it and that's probably why I keep returning you know my specific thing is to keep returning to the sea and there is that thank you when I'm going into the sea and it's almost like I've arrived I'm here you know that sort of thing but that's you know and that's not centering the eye although it sounds like it because once I'm there it's almost I forget about that eye and I could become insignificant within the, that universe, that massive, expansive space. I become insignificant, but not in a, a way that I'm devalued or I'm nothing. It's, that, it's like being that me and something else all at the same time. <laughs> Do you know? And to actually be able to express that in my work is... is the exploration, I think, is the practice why I keep showing up and exploring it and trying to 
hone that language somehow. So I totally um, relate to what you're saying. Thank you. Um, just thinking about Christianity and the environment. Um, and one of my friends was saying that they were a bit frustrated at this moment in time because of what um, their particular church was or wasn't doing for their environment and climate justice and climate crisis. Is this something that you're feeling or showing up or have you thought about it do you know what i'm yeah, saying absolutely i've thought about it i've um i've uh, i've joined something and i am um i'm officially a wild christian <laughs> oh i like that tell um, me more <laughs> so it's a green it's a green movement by um a, a group called a russia and basically they just look at ways to um to tread more lightly on the earth Mm. To, um, and and for how churches can do that as well. And although um, and my I mean my church has done it in some ways in terms of things like just little things like paper cut, you know, sort of recycling and make sure that all of that stuff's done. But there's very much more that you can do. Um, so yes, I'm a, I am a little bit frustrated, um, but I have I am hopeful that that churches as a whole will really take this on board because everybody needs to take it on board. We all need to the three R's don't we we all need to reduce reuse and recycle we mm. all need to tread lightly thank you for sharing that and we hope you don't think I was prying prying mm. there it was just um you know it, all these things interest me that's why I do these these podcast <laughs> conversations because it is stuff that I find that itching me or or rubbing up against me or um making me curious I think that's what it is I'm a curious minded person I am so bearing that in mind I know you just come back from travels or or moving your body outside would you like to share with our listeners what you've been up to lately please because it's inspiring I find oh it's been fantastic I literally I got back on Monday Um, (laughs) so um, I just love cycling Mm-hmm. um I think I got my first bike when I was four years old <laughs> and I have and I have other than um when I was pregnant with with my first baby and I could no longer cycle because my belly was too big I had to stop for a while then <laughs> and then I had to stop for a bit whilst that get, getting all sorted but I have been on my bike um as much as I can and so I've continued to do that I am now um I'm now a woman in my 60s and I have some friends and over the years, we're all about the same age. We have been working our way down Scotland. So we started off um, at John O'Groats. Um, we had a brief, we had a brief visit up to Orkney a few years ago because when one of us had a, a significant birthday, should we say? And then um, since then, we've been working our way down with a with a gap over COVID. So the last couple of years, we haven't. So this was our getting back, and. Um, what we do is we get a train I just love it so we get a train and another train and another train and another train and this time the train went to uh, Kilmarnock Um, and then from there we cycled a little bit to a place called Adrosham I can't pronounce that and got a ferry across to Campbelltown and from Campbellton we cycled via very other other places to Oban and it was fantastic you were out there and it was extremely hilly <laughs> <laughs> <You think? laughs> it feels good I mean you know you, you, 
if you like cycling, you have to accept that there are hills. Yeah. There were perhaps a little too many hills once or twice on this journey. But the great thing about cycling is that you just got to be not too proud about getting off and pushing if it's too steep. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's wonderful. And um, so you're saying it was hilly. So what was the weather like? Because this is Scotland and you was how many miles would you cover a day and, and where were you sleeping? Um overnight or were you, I mean how long were you away for <laughs> we only we were away uh five nights I think five days maybe five days four nights um and um we were covering about 40 miles a day on the long days and just the first day so we cycled we did 40 odd miles for three days and on the shorter day we did maybe 20 odd plus plus cycling from my house to the station so overall I reckon about 150 miles we cycled Oh. It's great. I mean, I, I, the thing about I love about cycling is that it's the right speed for me to be able to take things in. Mm. So it's the right speed to look at things. And so this time we, we when you're working your way up a hill, you're thinking about various things. And this time it was we thought of words. And so I made a little list of words of the things that had kind of just made us laugh and the things that we were fighting with. So would you like to hear some? Oh my gosh, yes, please. <laughs> so um, I have cadence, garrulous, panache, because I figured on day two that we would get some panache, a liturgical door, arduous, flat, and these are from my friends as well, passing place, dappled. And then we had Mexican porridge, <laughs> um, a paint kettle, we had um, a black Mercedes coupe because of somebody we met. We met somebody in a hostel, this remarkable woman. She was just lovely. Um, and she spent her life traveling from one festival. Um, I'm trying to think what it was. She called it indie. So it was like a mixture of traditional Highland music, I guess, with, with indie music. And she was quite an old lady, quite an old woman, but she, so she spent her time traveling from one festival to another festival to another festival because she loved dancing and she drove a Mercedes black coupe. And I know that really this is not, you know, all the kind of, as I've talked about green issues, but hey, I really took my hat off to her. So she's down there like that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a squashed skink, um, which is a kind of a, 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 a sort of a bit like a lizard. They're very, very beautiful. And I've only ever seen them dead because I think they're very shy, which is a bit of a shame. Um, a cartographer, because my friend Rachel guided us so beautifully. I had a mojo lost and found. I lost mine and Rachel found hers. Um, precipitation, because yes, it was Scotland and yes, it did rain. <laughs> um, and we had the wind. I had many other words, but that's just a little selection. And I was gonna try and maybe make a little book with pictures of those. You uh, must. a word maybe just to make it so I'm not a poet um but it just oh yeah I also had dreadnought because I was so dreading the hills one day when I'd had a look at the um uh, the profile that we were going to face and then I thought no no you've got a dreadnought so we had a dreadnought dreadnought <laughs> yes a dreadnought <laughs> dreadnought oh. <laughs> yeah. when you first said it I thought it was like oh it must be some kind of naval knot you know <laughs> dreadnought yeah, yeah yeah and oh, also, yeah, because I mean, I'm not going on about this. We found 
one part we were in, Kilmarsen, has 200 um, ancient sites. So standing stones, cairns, 5,000 years old. Can you imagine it? Um, and you could get into these places. So that was a bit of a slow end of the day. We'd nearly done all of our cycling. And then we kind of nipped off into these um, cairns that were just fantastic to see. Anyway, oh, shall I show yeah. that? <laughs> I love, I love cairns. Um, I've written about them because um, in Iceland, coming out of the airport, they have them dotted alongside the motorway. Um, and but they look like people greeting you as you're coming into the place. It's so so. I totally um. I don't know. It's something magical, and I think there is for me a bit of not understanding. So there's that mystery with it. Again, you know, it just it just feeds my wonder, and I think that that is what nature does as well. It's like it makes me feel like a kid again. Um, just how it, it opens you up to whatever possibilities and that dread not, you know, if you think when you were a kid, there isn't that dread. You're just like so full of joy and just rushing out into the world and, and taking in whatever with wonder and curiosity. And I think that what you just described about that cycling trip with, with um, these, um, I don't want, I don't want to say if they were all, women or ladies if they identify as such but you know I mean like that's freedom oh absolutely yeah absolutely that's how I felt um and we all need that we all need that in our lives and if we can foster that and cultivate it within our day-to-day lives I think we could move through this world with so much more grace and love for ourselves and each other um so yes I love that. Thank you. Um, I learned to ride a bike late in life. Maybe I was at university, like 21. Okay. Um, and that's basically because uh, we didn't we didn't have the money for a bike, so I couldn't get them. And it was my, who's still my mate now, 30 years later, Alex, who taught me how to ride a bike. We're in our first, like, squat together as, as students and I must say, I do like the wind in my face when I'm riding, (laughs) but I do do it slow and steady. So I'm glad to think that at the end of a long day that you stopped and enjoyed the cairns and slowed down and and took it all in. Because that's the whole point, I think, of doing it, not for getting as far as you can as possible in as little time. It's to, you know, enjoy the journey. That's what I say enjoy the journey so <laughs> for me there's no point in um in doing hundreds well a lot of miles in a day because it is absolutely about enjoying it and taking it all in yeah and yeah and uh, although the ups are hard work the downs are absolutely fantastic as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's where that wild freedom comes into it definitely did you do any squealing because I seem to do a lot of squealing on the down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think the thing that I, sque- I squeal the most at is sometimes on a, on a when you're cycling, you if you get it just right with your gears, you go you go down a little bit, and then if you if you get the down absolutely right and you get your momentum right, you go up to the top of a little hill. So you kind of have this up and down without having to pedal too much. <laughs> and uh, whenever. Any of us, I think, got to one of those and managed to get down, you know, managed to go downhill and up the other side. There was always be a little bit of a woo. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, and I think that just what you described is moving what we just talked about about that creative flow. <laughs> when we get into it, it takes. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Just a few more questions while I've still got you. Now, let's just thinking about we've talked about the future when you're involved in this green this green group, green movement with your church. Um, so thinking about your own practice, um, how what you're doing at this moment. And, and I don't want to say working on either. I just say practice because working has like certain values and connotations to it. So what are you practicing at the moment personally? So because I have... Um... I recently retired from, from my, my main job. I've had a bit more time. So I've really made myself stop and, and think about what it is I want to do. Because I feel I still have some, I've still got stuff I want to do. I've still got stuff I want to make. On one side, in my, I've got a little printing press. So with my printing press, I've been looking at um, mainly lino. And I've been making um, an aviary very slowly. And I don't, I mean by that, a collection of birds so bit by bit I've been making lino cuts of birds that are based on medieval birds because I just kind of like the colours and the way that the medieval birds saw them so I'm working on these birds <laughs> um, slowly I've just done a swan that I'm not very happy with actually I'm going to redo it mm-hmm. so that's one side and they are they're not realistic but they're a bit more perhaps a a bit more a bit less abstract and then on the other side I'm just looking at there's a field that I walked in I might have said this to you before there was a field I walked in over lockdown that I referred that I thought and I thought this is my sanctuary this is where I come to so I'd been thinking about the word sanctuary and thinking about how I might do paintings with uh, to do with the outdoors about that mm-hmm. so I've been playing around with that and trying to get that to work with some success and without some other success. And I feel that I'm just, I'm just getting there. And what you were saying about, you, you almost have to, I was saying you need to pull yourself along and, and you're right. It has to be, you almost have to go with the flow, but in order to go with the flow, you kind of have to, it's almost quite hard to get to the point where you let go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm at that point of doing that. So I've been painting these pictures that are sort of like being in a field. They're always warm. Um, My husband teases me that I can't paint anything that's other than full of kind of bright, heat-filled, beautiful places. And I do try. I do actually try to take colour out of my palette sometimes just to see what happens. But somehow it always creeps back in, that kind of beautiful Mediterranean cerulean blue and oranges and things. I'm not sure I've altogether answered your question there. No, you have. You have, and you've like, you know, my interest has been piqued here. It's a case of like, why, I asked the question, why do you have to take colour out? Because I'm a colour lover and I know it brings me joy. I get joy from just smearing colour paint across the page, which I was doing before we we started chatting, because it just shifts my mood, my energy, and it brings me joy. So the question is, why should you stop using colour? And (laughs) the second thing was sanctuary. That, you know, just that word brings over a calm and peace for me. But again, I feel for me, it has... um, religious and spiritual connotations and then also it makes me think of my sanctuary was coming home 
um, from London. And they say coming home. I used to live there. I worked there. I started to teach there. Had first baby there. But it was still coming home to my mum and her home and letting her um, look after me. <laughs> you know, that was my sanctuary until she died. So um, that's a really strong and emotional concept that you're working with. Um, and to have that sanctuary outdoors is a blessing. I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I feel it. I kind of de describe it as nothing on your back. Oh, I feel that on my bike as well. You've got nothing on your back. It's mm -hmm. a, a, you know, it's all been let put down. It's a sort of a freedom, which I love. Yeah. There is something else actually that I'm interested in in my work and I don't quite know how to put it. I was mm -hmm. thinking about it. And it's simply that I'm really, I suppose while I've talked about Cairns, I'm really interested in how, I suppose how humankind has interacted with nature and how nature gets its own back. So you have things like um, just little bits of industrial architecture. Um, near where I live, there's a place called Bladen Burn. And it's got all of these mills that were built through probably from about 1700s through. Mm. And they're all hidden. So they're kind of like, there's a bit of stone here and there's a bit of, so it's kind of in industrial, not altogether pretty, but really, really beautiful, the way that nature has just taken its way around. And I like that relationship too. Mm. And that's one of the things that I would perhaps put in. I like the kind of, the absurdity, the absurdity of humans, you know, I'll oh, just do this. Mm. <laughs> and then nature gets its own back. So yeah, that's another yeah. thing I'd say that I'm interested in as well in these pictures. Yeah. And when you think, you know, when you say nature gets its own back and there's two ways, well, there's a number of ways of looking at it, gets its, in a sense, revenge in a sense, but then also gets its own back. It's like nature looks after itself, you know. Oh, that's really um, good. I'm going to make a note of that. I've got a little thing to write down. And, and, that's, and that's so much wisdom we can take from that because if we were think if we were taking that that message from nature in in its true sense we would be looking after ourselves i.e that means everybody ourselves including nature and plants and you know instead of just looking after ourselves in a selfish sort of way and that's why we're in this position that we are now um that as you say that absurdity that we think that we can control dominate exploit nature and not not face the consequences or the repercussions or face the damage that we are doing and then what you were just saying then nature gets its own back what was the other thing that I was going to say there because um oh yeah in the sense like when we die we do go back don't we <laughs> to nature we go back to where we came from which is nature either we buried or we you know ashes or we got sea or we go into the air you know so yeah it gets its own back eventually including us so yeah we have come to the end I think um but is there anything you'd like to share or let our listeners know about offerings that you've got or because you mentioned that printing press and isn't wasn't this going to be open to people to use or participate or that community spirit still yeah, I, I really, I, I started something called the Garden Press. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, I've been thinking about how I might make that work. At the moment, um, I haven't got very far. I did, before lockdown, I did run little 
um, opportunities for people to come and do things with garden. It, it's teeny weeny. You only get two or three people in, mm-hmm. and it is. It's in my plan to maybe to do that again and maybe invite people. I would quite like to. I'm going to need some help, but I would quite like to maybe apply for some money so that I can have people to come in and I don't have to charge them. It sounds dull, but I don't no. really charge people. But obviously there are costs, and mm-hmm. so I need to kind of work a, work a way around that. But I would just love to be able to do that and have people come in maybe and experience a, a day because there's nothing like doing a bit of lino or or doing a bit of um, I'm trying to think collar types or mono printing, and you can do it really easily. And I um. I've, I've worked an awful lot of people in the community and I, I really, really want to find people's creativity because everybody has a creativity. I worked for many years on a hospital project where I was working with um, patients and carers in a, in, a, in a cancer unit. And so many people would say, oh no, the only kind of painting, you know, I've just, I can do painting and decorating, but I'm not, I'm not creative. And I would really be, I'd really try and just pick out that creativity in them and just say, you know, you have, you know, what do you do? Do you put, do you put your kids' drawings up on the wall? Well, you're using your creativity, do you? Do you bake? Do you knit? Do you, you know, all of those sorts of things. I don't have to tell you, I'm imagine. So (laughs) that's one of my, that's one of my passions. And that's what I'd like to do. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'd like to just say, thank you for your time Marcia it's been lovely talking to you you know I just go away with more questions myself (laughs) not because you haven't answered my questions because like I just love the richness of the conversations that we have and this was just another another example of the richness and how we connect in different ways with nature and how that that does support us as we move through this world So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Sheree. And I've just loved listening to the podcast. I've been working my way through it and it's just been such a blessing. So thank you. Thank you.